Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just a Thought with Sharina Cole. And I'm lit right now because I get an opportunity to hang out with on-air radio personality and stand out on WeTV's hit reality show, Growing Up Hip Hop Atlanta. BT, what's going on? What's happening, man? I just want to say I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, you know, I feel I feel blessed to be here because your energy, you know what I'm saying? I'm an energy person, so I just <laughs> automatically follow somebody's energy. Well, I appreciate you taking the time and I feel the same way. And I know we're going to have a great conversation. And, you know, we allude, we were talking a little bit before I hit the record button about your journey mm-hmm. and how you even ended up where you are right now. And so I was looking into your story and how you you came and moved to Atlanta really with no connection to the area because you were like, hey, I got to make it happen for myself. Describe that move, because I, I would think that it was a bit uncomfortable to kind of do something like that. And then what was the moment exactly where you said, OK. I got to do something. I got to do something different. I got to get out of here. Well, I mean, it was just kind of like, um, it was kind of like bittersweet. You know what I mean? Like I was living in Arkansas. Um, you know, I was, uh, you know, working at a job that I hated, which caused a lot of depression. I was going through a breakup and I just wanted something new, man. I'm like, yo, this is like, I'm not supposed to just, I'm not supposed to just live and die like this. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like, so, you know, I always knew that I wanted to do, you know, entertainment, but I didn't know really how to do it or like how to get into the business. And I just seen the growth of what I was seeing in Atlanta. You know what I mean? I was seeing a lot of black people becoming millionaires and prospering and just, you know, just taking things to the next level. So that's just what made me kind of just pack up my bags and say, hey, man, I hate I hate my job. Um, you know, I'm no longer in a relationship, so I, I feel like I'm not shackled down to be here. And, you know, I'm just going to chase my dreams and and I'll see what happens. And the interesting thing about chasing dreams is a lot of times people will show the finish line. They'll show the accolades, but they won't show the race. And so with you, what was like the lowest point in your race and how did you get out of it? Uh, I would say the lowest point is definitely when I first moved to Atlanta. Um, You know, I was living with with uh, with a a friend of mine for about three months and then we, we lost that apartment. And then, you know, I was, I was homeless and I was sleeping, I was sleeping in my car. I was trying to figure it out. And I think that was probably the lowest because I felt like a failure. Like, I felt like, like I failed, like this is not why I moved out here to be in this type of situation. But I knew one thing I was like, I'm not going back to Arkansas. I'll be homeless. I'll figure it out. I'm not going back. I'm not going to be a failure. Wow. So failure to you, more failure to you would be going back to where you came from versus grinding it out in a situation yeah, where you had to. I don't, like, I don't believe, I, I believe if you, if you start something, finish it. Like you can't, you can't look at like, oh, whoa, me, like I'm going through this. I'm like, man, people that's going through stuff worse than me. Luckily I have heat in my car. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I can crank my car up and sleep and have the heat on and, and sleep for a little bit and then, you know, get, get back active. But I'm like, there's people that have nothing. 
So I always just try to, you know, have a positive mindset of just everything in life. Like you just can't look at things so negative. And let me ask you, how do you tap into that positivity? What pulls you towards positivity when things don't necessarily look good? I just think it's just so much negativity in the world. And I've, I've always been an energy person. Like I'm a Leo rising. So it's like, it has a lot to do with like my sign and just going off of just people energy and stuff like that. Cause my, my motto is it could always be worse. Yeah. It can always be worse. Luckily I'm, I, I, no matter what I go through, I always say I'm blessed. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's how I look at things. Wow. Wow. I'm just asking because, you know, a lot of the people aren't able to really tap into that. You know, it's tough for people. It's easier for a lot of us to go the negative route, to see the glass half empty versus half full. And so as I'm continuing to talk to you, even now, you, you automatically go towards the best of something, even when it looks like the worst of something, which I think is very in, an endearing quality to have. And I want to ask you as a radio personality as well. I mean, COVID has hit the radio industry, the entertainment industry extremely hard. How has... Mm -hmm this change kind of pushed you in a personal and professional way? Well, I feel like, I feel like COVID, um, it just really just tapped into a different hustle that I, that I didn't know that I possessed. And it just made me look at the world so different. Like in a blink of an eye, the world can be paused. Yeah. So what are you doing to make sure that that machine keeps moving? Because, you know, you know, I was blessed to still have a job during COVID. You know, I was blessed to still uh, be on the radio, even though we wasn't physically in the studio, but I was able to still work. Um, you know, I was I was able to film a TV show off my laptop, you know, doing a grown up hip hop special. And but it, it really just tapped in a different type of hustle. They're like, man, I'm not hustling hard enough. Mm. I should be able to be like if the world stops, I should be able to be like, all right, let me know when it open back up. Wow. That tapped into a different hustle because I know celebrity friends that are like, all right, cool. My chef is still going to be here. My butlers and everybody's still my cleanup. Everybody's still going to be here. Let me know. When it, let me know when it opens back up. And I'm, I'm looking at them like, man, I'm over here nervous. Like, I'm like, man, I'm like, yeah, I got to tap into it. It made me tap into a different type of hustle. Like, I ain't going to lie. Wow. And I can I can certainly relate to that. And. Let me ask you, how did you get your start in radio? How do you go from Arkansas, right? Mm -hmm. Live in Arkansas, you make the move to Atlanta, you deal with some depression, a breakup, homelessness, and all those type of things. How do you end up on the radio? How did that happen? Well, I ended up on the radio. It's it's kind of it's kind of crazy. I, I wouldn't advise anybody to do this, but um I wanted a I wanted an internship so bad with the local radio station that I worked at. I actually called one of the program directors and cussed him out. Wait, what? Because I, I used I to always go up there. I used to always just go up there and just like, you know, because I started off, I used to do, I used to throw parties and stuff back in Arkansas. So I used to just always pay for ads to kind of like try to weasel my way just to have conversation with them and stuff all the time. And I just remember I, I was just so fed up. I was like, man, y'all won't give me a chance. Like, I'm better than everybody that's on this on this radio. Obviously, I was using a lot of cuss words and stuff like that. <laughs> and um, the guy says, I'm not going to cuss you out and kick you out of my radio station. Only because I see something in you that I've seen in myself. Any other per person 
would have got cussed out and would have been banned forever coming up here. So you want opportunity? Here's your opportunity. You start tomorrow at three o'clock. Make sure you be here. And the rest was history. That's unbelievable. And and it just it gets me to thinking like when it's for you, it's for you. And whether it comes in conventional or unconventional ways, when God says, All right, it's your time, it's gonna happen for you. It's gonna it's gonna happen. You can't rush the process, but you but you can't, but you can't, you gotta be in control of your destiny and what you what you want. I was so hungry to be on radio that I was willing to jeopardize my reputation and my relationship with that particular person to force the opportunity. Sometimes you have to force the opportunity. And a lot of people don't understand that. You have to force to make people really know, like, I'm really serious. Yeah. I really want to be here. And wow. I said, what I need to do, wash cars? First, the first day I didn't learn shit, I was washing a damn uh, promo truck. I didn't give a shit. As long as I was able to walk in that building, y'all see my face? <laughs> I'm here. I'll go back outside and watch the truck, but I'm in here. So because you never know what opportunities might come about, and that's how that's how a lot of things, a lot of the things worked out is me just being around all the time. I, I was like, I'm I'm coming here every day, and y'all y'all gonna give me something to do every day because I want to be on y'all mom. Every day, I want, I want. If I'm not here, I want y'all to be like, "Where BT at? Where he at?" That's how I think. Humility. That's what I keep hearing as you're talking. How much did you get paid to do your internship? Nothing. How long were you washing cars and doing odd jobs and things like that as a part of your internship before you actually got an opportunity to be on to be talent on air? A year. So everybody listening, it, it we talk about humility, we talk about perseverance and patience. That's what it looks like. You're hearing that from somebody who's walked that walk and now is reaping the benefits of that. And I wanted to accentuate that with you because I want us to understand it's not a microwave. Now, sometimes things happen. It's a quick, okay, I, I got this real fast. But a lot of times it takes what you just said and people being willing yeah. to be humble enough to do it. I'm, I'm 10 years in with this right now. And I'm just now seeing... You know, a lot of the opportunities that I dreamed about doing, I've been doing this for 10 years, really longer than that. <laughs> wow. I want to talk about growing up hip hop because I think it's one of the dopest franchises that kind of has come around in, in recent years. How did that opportunity come about for you? And like, was there anything in doing the show and looking back at the show that you that you learned about yourself that you didn't know before? Um. No, nah, I'm just so in, tap, in tuned in, like, who I really am. It's like, what, what you see is what you get. That's me 24-7. And a lot of people, they meet me, and then they be like, dang, you just like how, you, how I thought you would be on TV. Because you meet so many people, they be forgetting a lot of people on TV are actors. I ain't no actor. Yeah. So you might see a great TV show, and then you meet that person, and that person is nothing like you thought they were going to be. I want to tell you, what you see is what you get. I'm goofy. I love to have fun. I'm crazy. I'm energetic. I'm high spirited. This is me all the time. So, I mean, that's just, that's just, that's just really how I am. And I mean, pretty much how the opportunity came about um, was, like I said, being available, you know, uh, you know, preparation meets opportunity. Then, you know, you go for it. But, you know, it was, it was like, I think the first time I ever filmed was like, you know, I think one of my managers, he was like, yo, 
they need somebody that was like, uh, I think it was the episode where Bow got sick or lied about getting sick, so he wouldn't go to Miss Deb's like book reading party or something like that, whatever. So mm -hmm. they was like, we need you to come in there and help out Miss Deb for this TV show called Grown Up Hip Hop with Bow Wow and everybody. I was like, oh yeah, I know that show. I was like, hell yeah, I go. So I like <laughs> drove an hour out to go, go film the show or whatever. And the producers, they just love me. And uh, I'll never forget me and Bow, we hosted, we had a, a booking together. We didn't know each other, but we had a booking together in, in Charlotte. And I remember Bow was like, uh, he was he was being he was being a diva or whatever. Like they he didn't he didn't want to host the party because they didn't have certain some certain type of tequila he drinks or whatever. So I'm like, I'll host it by myself. So I was rocking the club. I'm talking about it was going crazy. So he's like, who is this dude, BT? Like, who is this guy? And then I'll never forget the producers called me again to like film like some small little whatever, some background stuff that I was just going to be in the background with. I'm like, I don't care, whatever. Any any chance to get be around TV producers, I'm with it. So apparently the TV producers just kept talking about me like, oh, man, we love that guy, BT. And, and Bow's like, who is this guy, BT? I just did a <laughs> who, why I keep hearing about this guy? And we didn't even know we had a mutual friend. So Bow reached out to the mutual friend. And he was like, man, you should be on TV. I'm going to put you on TV. And I was like, okay. Heard, heard that a million times. And then I met with Bow. We we clicked up. And then he was like, yo, you're going to have a contract in your email in like 30 minutes. I'm like, all right, whatever. Bro, I hear people promise me shit yeah. all the time. Whatever. And then there's a contract to, to, do, to do the season. I was like, oh, shit. I was wow. like, damn, this dude for real. So I had to go find a lawyer and all this stuff to get my stuff together. But I mean, that's pretty much how it happened. Unbelievable. Do you think reality TV gets a bad rap? Yes, I do. I I, I mean, I, I believe that it gets a bad rap because of what people, what people are excited about. It's as crazy as this sounds, but people love drama. Yeah. People love drama. That's what people want to see on TV. They want to see drama. But at the end of the day, you still you still have you still have a say so on how you want to be perceived on TV. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And you know, whatever's in your court, like I ain't gonna like, I'm not gonna sell out to do anything I don't want to do. Like, I don't want to do it. I tell them, I don't want to do that. And they respect me. Mm. Wow. That's interesting. I I, I just I want to get your take on that because you do seem extremely authentic and people have said, you know, I didn't, to your last point, people that I've interviewed before or produced segments for in the reality TV space have said, well, I didn't want to do this, but I got pressured by production to do so. So you've been able to put your foot down. One thing I would say about our show, our show is a hundred percent real. Nobody tell us what to say. Nobody tell us what to do. Like I've never been pressured to do anything or say anything. If I was, I would say, fuck you. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. You're not going to tell me what to do. Like, I'm a grown man. <laughs> go find somebody. Go find Go find. A, go find somebody else to entertain the circus. That ain't me. I'm real. And our show is real and raw. What you see is 100%. I love it. Craziest thing that happened 
whether it's behind the scenes as it relates to the show or on set or even remotely, because I know you guys are doing a lot of remote stuff with the pandemic. Craziest thing for you. That I've seen? Yeah. I've never seen nobody with COVID. You feel me? Mm. So when when Ayana caught COVID and we was on FaceTime with her, like, I thought that shit was just like, I only see this shit on TV. I never anybody personally who had COVID. And then for me to see that, like, oh, like, that, that made me really think, like, oh, this shit is real. Mm. Not saying that I thought it was fake, but you know how stuff is. It's like, you see stuff on TV, it's like, okay. And then when you see somebody in person, you're like, oh, shit, like, this shit is really real. So that was really, like, an eye-opener for me. That was crazy for me. Wow, wow. Who was the first person? Because I, I, I love your drive and I love your energy, as I, as I continue to say, because it's so infectious. But who was the first person that really encouraged you to push for your dreams that you reference when you're when you come through hard times or when you're trying to accomplish a new goal? Who's that person for you? Well, I just had a lot of I just have a lot of like, um, you know, mentors along the way that helped me. Like, you know, Joe Robbins uh, is one of my mentors. He's he's a legendary manager for, um, you know, three, six mafia. He's managed them forever. He's originally from Arkansas. And he's the one that kind of like. T- like told me like bro you a star like when I was you know like 17 18 you know he was like yo you you a star like you just got to figure out what you where you gonna shine at with it wow did it take you any time to believe him or you initially when he said you like all right I know yeah let's do it well, kind of it's kind of like the Superman like Clark Kent as a kid everybody always told you you was, I was special but I didn't know what am I special at I'm not tall enough to be a basketball player. I'm not big enough to be a football player. I don't know how to play soccer and I don't know how to play any other sport. I'm not fast enough to run track. So it's very confusing when people say, you're special. Something about you special. All right. That's like the day was telling Clark Kent as a kid, he didn't know what he was special at till he put the cape on and turned into Superman. And yeah. that's pretty much us for me. To be young, gifted and black in America. It's has, it definitely has its glows and grows, in my opinion. How has this time in history really impacted you as a Black man, a young Black man? Well, I feel like it hasn't impacted me at all. And the reason why I say that is because I'm a, like I'm from Arkansas. I dealt with racism my whole life. I thought that shit was normal until I moved to Atlanta. And I'm like, oh, it's not normal. You're supposed to get like... Like you see what's what well, you see what happens in Atlanta. Somebody's racist in Atlanta, bro. We your your company is getting shut down. Mm. But the I grew up, I thought it was just normal. I thought racism was normal. I didn't crazy as it is, I didn't know this shit wasn't normal until I became an adult. I'm like, oh, this shit is this shit is not normal. <laughs> BT, not normal. That's unbelievable. That that is okay. I I need to. I want to dive deeper into that. Are, are there any moments or a moment in your youth where you experienced racism that stuck with you or that's really memorable? Yeah, the, the most memorable thing that I've ever experienced was like, you know, um, you know, growing up, I had a, I had, you know, many different friends of different races, you know, Asian, white, black, Philippine, Hispanic, you name it. Um, one of my friends, uh, one of my friends who's, who's white, he's really, one of my good friends and you know we grew up together we're still friends to this day um i used to always go over his house like i used to walk to his house because he didn't live far from me so i remember one night me, me and one of my friends we we both walked 
to his house, which he lives in a really nice neighborhood. Um, and we walked there and, you know, a cop, and we're like fucking 16. A cop pulls up and he's like, what are y'all, what are y'all doing here? And I said, well, my friend lives, our friend lives right there. We just walk in our friend house like we do every other night. So he's like, oh, I need to see your ID. And he's like, ID for what? He said, there's been a break-in going on, so I need to see your ID so I can run your names. So I'm like, what does that have to do with us? Like, he's like, it's a break-in. This is just protocol. So my friend, he comes out, so I'm texting. I'm like, man, this cop is, like, harassing us outside of your house. So my friend comes out, and he's kind of like, yo, no, y'all, no, not, like, no, y'all come in and, like, forget that so then his dad comes out and his dad yells at the police officer and his dad's a, a white guy as well and the police officer you tell kind of backs away like oh like let me leave these kids alone because they really do know these people that live or i can't harass them because you know his, his my friend his dad was a powerful guy you know in the community as well so you know it just really it just really shows me how like you know I just always felt like that's how white people viewed us is like, like we like you're not on our level. But that's just how that's just my experience growing up. That's just what I've always seen. Wow, wow! Thank you for sharing that. And as we as we kind of close out, you know, a lot of people coming into 2021 have different views. Some say 2020 was trash. You know, mm -hmm. we'll see what happens this year. Some people are even fearful to even claim 2021 as as their year. Um, and some people might just be struggling to dealing with grief or loss and not really knowing how to kind of bounce back from that and move into their new season. What would be your advice for people as we are right in the thick of it at the top of 2021 to really push for their dreams or, or their aspirations? Um, what I would say, just take everything day by day, like stop worrying about the whole year as a whole. You got to worry about every day. Every day matters. Every day is precious. Every day is a blessing. So Anybody will tell you, I don't set an alarm clock when I wake up. I wake up when I wake up. But the reason why I do that is because I'm living day by day. I'm not thinking about this whole entirety year. I'm not thinking. I'm living, I'm living every day like it's my last day. Like this is the this is the greatest day on earth. You know, that's how I try to look at every day. So you, I think people get so caught up. It's like, oh, this is my year. This is. No, plan everything day by day. Plant seeds every day. So when you look up, you got a tree and you're not trying to figure out how to grow the tree. And, and if anything bad is going to happen, it's going to knock the tree over and cut the limbs down. Like you just got to live day by day and grind every day. I grind every day. I don't even think about tomorrow. I forgot what today was. Like that. that's how I locked in. I, I don't even know what days would be sometimes. Like I'll be having my assistant be having to hit me like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. You got to do this today. I'm like, man, that ain't until tomorrow. He's like, no, that's today. Oh, you thought, I thought, like, I thought today was Friday. Really? <laughs> I swear, I thought today was Friday. Oh, my God. <laughs> Y'all better listen to BT over here to keep your anxiety levels down day by right. day. And apparently, we don't need alarm clock. But have you ever overslept, though? Because without an alarm clock, have you ever overslept for something? If I know, all right, so this might be weird as fuck to say this, right? Most people might think this is weird, but if I know I got something to do in the morning, like if I know I got to film in the morning, I'll program my mind and be like, all right, you got to wake up at eight in the morning. And then I wake up at eight in the morning without an alarm clock. How in the world do you do that? 
I don't know. That's, I know I told you it's gonna sound crazy. <laughs> I told you. Y'all, I, I love BT and all, but I'm just saying, you might want to set your alarm clock. I don't know if you can tap in the way he's able to. You might lose your job trying to take this, <laughs> trying to play these mind tricks. <laughs> Don't take all my advice. Some of uh, you know we're all different human beings. <laughs> well, BT, how can people how can people tap in with you on social media, um, on the radio, everything that you're doing on uh, on with WeTV with Growing Up Hip Hop? All right, man. So y'all can follow me on Instagram at you know BT. That's Y O U K N O W B T. For those who can't spell, that's everything. You can find me on everything. You know BT, and you can tune in each and every Thursday night, Growing Up Hip Hop on WeTV. Fantastic. BT, thank you so much for joining me. And hopefully we can do this again sometime. No, we will, because I got I got I got more shit that I'm about to um you know coming up too. But we ain't gonna talk about that. We just gonna let it happen. We, we live day by day. Day by day. Day by day. <laughs> <laughs>Thanks so much for listening. This is Just a Thought, hosted and produced by yours truly, Sharina Cole, in association with Sharina Cole Media and the Say It Loud Podcast Network. Just a Thought is now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio.com. And make sure that you subscribe, share, and rate us. And also, tell a friend. You can follow the Just a Thought Podcast on Instagram at Just a Thought Show and on Twitter at Just a Thought Win. That's W-I-N. You can also follow me, Sheree Nicole, on Instagram and Twitter, same handle, Sheree underscore Nicole, S-H-A-R-I underscore N-Y-C-O-L-E. It's just a thought, just a thought, it's my opinion, it's just a thought, just a thought, get out your feelings.